Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, and we are going to the Word of God. <laughs> Sorry, we're a little bit late. Um, a lot of things flowing together and um, no sleep. So, here we are. So, I want to start in Psalm 19. In Psalm 19, uh, I want to speak a little bit about what you think, what you believe, and what you say today. So, uh, I just want to get you guys here in front of me. Right. Okay, if the button would work together, thank you. All right. So, Psalm 19 says the following. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows and proclaims His handiwork. Day after day pours forth speech, and night after night shows forth knowledge. There is no speech nor spoken word from the stars. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice in evidence goes out through all the earth. Their sayings to the end of the world. Of the heavens has God made a tent for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And it rejoices as a strong man to run his course. It's going forth is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the ends of it. And nothing, yes, no one is hidden from the heat of it. Okay, so speaking of the testimony of creation to the glory of God. Right, now verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect. So this is a different kind of speech, it's a different kind of testimony. The law in the old was called a testimony that was in the ark. But now in the new, the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has set us free from the law of sin and death. Now it says the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. Now we've been speaking about that. So... You know, like Ephesians chapter 1 that says, pray for the under, eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. So when the, the law of the Lord, the law of the spirit of life comes to enlighten our understanding, it brings joy and uh, it restores the whole person. All right, so, uh, so there's something about the word of the Lord that restores you. When you hear the Lord, the word of the Lord, and you believe the word of the Lord, it enters into your heart. It says it restores the whole person. So the, the heart is where you meditate. The heart is where your thoughts dwell, where your emotions and things dwell. So when the word enters in there, it restores you. It brings life to your, the whole person, to spirit, soul, body, to everything. So it needs to, to enter there into that area where you meditate, where you think, where you're deep in thought. All right. So, uh, and then Matthew chapter 12 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And James chapter 3 says, We all often stumble and fall. But if any person does not offend in speech, he is a perfect man able to control his whole body. Right? So the whole being is is restored by the word Romans chapter 12 that says be renewed in the be uh, transformed by the renewal of your mind so when the word enters there and we meditate on a day and night Joshua chapter 1 it says then you shall make your way prosperous 
All right, so now he says uh, it enlightens the eyes. Okay, the reverent, the reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of, of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even than, than much fine gold. They are sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. All right. So Psalm 119 that I love so much, that, that verse, I think it's around about um, Psalm 100, uh, verse 163, close to there. It says, uh, this, from verse 60, it says, 160, the sum of your word is truth. And then it says, uh, I rejoice at your word like someone who finds great spoil. So it's this great treasure. It's this great thing that you uncover. And it's worth more than gold. It's sweeter than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Verse 11. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, reminded, illuminated, and instructed. And in keeping them, there is great reward. So when, when the, uh, the heart believes the, the word and meditates on the word, there is great reward. Remember um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, for those who come to God, without faith it is impossible to please God, please God, and those who come to God must believe that God is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith in the word brings a reward. Verse 12, who can discern his lapses and, and errors? Clear me from hidden and unconscious faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be blameless, and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgression. Okay, so in this verses, I just think of Romans chapter 6 verse 14, where he says, Sin shall no longer have dominion over you, since you are no longer under law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. So he says, uh, let them not have dominion over me. All right? So how will it not have dominion over me? Oh, the law of the Lord is perfect, law of spirit and life, uh, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. The precepts of, of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. So the meditation of the heart, it keeps us from... Unconscious faults, but it keeps, he says, keep your servant back from presumptuous sins. When you do something knowing and knowing you're going against God now. Okay, so he says, and then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgression. So what does the word that we meditate on day and night say? It says, your sins are forgiven. It says, the blood of Jesus has flowed for you. It says the sacrifice, bringing atonement for everything, has already been given. Uh, you need to look into that word like in a glass. And you see the glory in the face of the person, the word. And you are transformed into the very same image. So it's a meditation like we've been speaking on this whole week. So you look within yourself, you turn to the spirit, and you see what the word of God is saying to you. And you look to that, you meditate on that, and that change it. it keeps you from doing the wrong thing it keeps you from walking the wrong way but it it manifests his joy his peace that means his kingdom all right now verse 14 just listen to this let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable 
in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and my redeemer. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart needs to be acceptable. Okay, so what is acceptable to God? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So let it be something that brings faith and something that comes from faith. So the words of my mouth. Let my mouth speak because of the word that is meditated upon in my heart. Let there be a great deposit of the word. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of God dwell in you in all its richness. Okay. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Let the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm impenetrable rock and my redeemer. Okay. So... Deuteronomy 30 and Romans chapter 10 speaks of uh, the word of faith. And it says, it does not say, who shall go to heaven to bring it down? Who shall go overseas to get it for us? Deuteronomy 30. Who shall go down to the abyss to get it for us? Because if we say it, it's to bring Christ down. It's to bring Christ, but, uh, you know, it's to, to cancel the, the death and the resurrection. Okay? Who shall go down for us? But what does it say? It says, the word is near you. The word is near you. So uh, Romans chapter 10 says, do not say, who shall go? What shall we do? How shall we get it? But it says, what does it say? It says, the word is near you, in your heart and on your lips, the word of faith which we preach. So it first needs to be in the heart. So with the heart, the person believes, and with the mouth, he confesses unto salvation. So you believe in your heart, and from what is in your heart, when you speak it out, the realities are formed. When you speak it out, it changes the circumstances. When you speak it out, it changes your internal atmosphere it changes your external atmosphere when you start speaking verbalizing forming the words of the spirit on your mouth out of the deposit of the word and spirit that is in your heart by believing and hearing and believing the message when you speak there will be power so if your attention like we've been saying is your attention is with the word your attention is with the unseen your attention is with what the spirit is saying you will be able to speak over your surroundings and your surroundings will have to change. If your attention is there, it will keep you from believing here. All right? So there's a great temptation if you are stuck in this natural realm, whether it be by just things happening. You know, you may be victim to certain circumstances. You may have certain things happen to you which, which uh, has caught your attention so that you can't get out of it. Uh, or even something traumatic, you know, the post-traumatic stress, people get stuck in a moment. People get stuck in a, in a certain thought because it was, it was so overwhelming and so overpowering. All right? So, or it may just be, uh, it may be sin and guilt, it may be sickness, it may be whatever. The temptation is to keep on going there. To keep on dwelling there, to keep on speaking there, to keep on. So when we are focused there, our heart is connected with this. So now the, the, the purpose of your heart is to get sympathy. If you're focused on what you've gone through, 
You speak it to people around you with this purpose. I want to get people to feel sympathy with me, to be sympathetic towards me. We want to hear this. Oh, poor you. Poor you. Okay? So, and I've said it before, and something I read that Kubis van Rensburg said the other day. He said, uh, your excuses may be valid, but it's not going to bring you the results. So I said it in, in, in one of the devotions the other day. Says, your excuses may be valid, but it's not going to get you into the glory of God. Okay? So, yes, this happened to you. Yes, this happened to you. Yes, this happened to you. All, all valid excuses. But are you, are you going to stay there, or are you going to come here? Okay. So say someone did something against you, and someone did you wrong. Someone did something traumatic against you. Someone did the unspeakable against you. Okay, they did it. But now what? Are we going to remain a victim of their action for the rest of our lives? Or are we going to resist the temptation to only speak that thing with the purpose of getting sympathy or even worse, to get revenge. But to turn to Jesus, receive the words and the meditation from the word of spirit. And you start meditating on it. You start thinking on it. Okay? So, and your mind wants to go back there. It's like, hey, no. Even if the emotion, the pain, or the, uh, the shame and guilt, or the... Whatever it is, the regret, whatever it is, wants to pull you back there. Wants to pull you back. I'm going to look. I choose to be different. I choose to not be a victim of this thing all my life. I'm going to have my meditation be uh, dictated by the Spirit of God. So the Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life is perfect. The law of the Spirit of life changes the whole person. The, whole, the, the, the Word of the Lord, when I meditate on it day and night... My soul is transformed, and I am ch- changed into the very, uh, very same image of the thing that I look to. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18 that we've been reading so much. It says, this light momentary affliction, it can either destroy you, or, verse 17, it will work for you a greater weight of glory. This light momentary affliction, the stuff that you've gone through, will either destroy you, or... It will, bring, it will bring or work a greater weight of glory as you look not to the things which are seen, but to the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are unseen are deathless and everlasting. So if you want to manifest the everlasting in your soul and also in your body and out to the world, then you have to look there. If you want to manifest the temporary, temporary means there's an end to it, which implies death. So if you want that to minister to you and destroy you, then keep your attention on those things. If it was traumatic to begin with, then meditating on it will extend the trauma. And then it becomes self-inflicted. So we need to get our minds and set it on the things which are above. Take it. And set it on the word. And that's why it's so wonderful to have the scripture. As now we can read it. We can speak it. We can read it. We can meditate on it. We can speak it. And it all helps us to get our attention to it. 
And if our attention is on the word, we can have what it says. If our meditation, the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts are acceptable to God, we can have that word manifest in our souls, manifest in our bodies, manifest in our surroundings. So we're either going to live by faith or we're going to live by fear. So, yes, COVID happened. Maybe your business got really hurt or maybe was even destroyed. Yes, this and this happened. That, that happened. There's crime all over. So yesterday I, I, was, I was sitting in a restaurant, and in the restaurant next to it there was a, a robbery. Someone r- robbed from their belongings at gunpoint. I was just having coffee. It wasn't in our restaurant, but the people were traumatized. Okay? So the getaway car was there. They ran, bam, and they were gone. All right? So something like that happens, and it happens in South Africa a lot. So... Now we have a choice. So that trauma happens and it lasts for a while. Maybe a few hours. But then, where's your mind? Are you going to get stuck in it? Or are you going to let your, the meditation of your heart and the words of your mouth be what God says? And then that sorts out all the rest. Um, there was a book that we read, and I can really recommend it. Uh, the name of it is uh, How to Stop the Pain. From What's the guy's name? Jim Richards. If you haven't got the book, you can get it on Amazon. I'm sure you can get the um, you know, downloadable version somewhere, the electronic version. How to Stop the Pain from Jim Richards. And he says that the pain that people experience in their life is caused by their judgment of the people. It's caused by you judging someone else. Uh, it's, It's you meditating on that thing. So you inflict the pain on yourself. Yes, the initial thing was that person. But the sustained pain is an unrenewed mind it's you not forgiving them getting it out of your system praying for them blood of jesus to cover them and now you receive your restoration from jesus if if you if you if you cut off that thing in your mind and you you turn away from it you turn entirely away from evil yes the evil someone did towards you but also the evil that you've done outside because it's also a self-inflicted mental pang if you do something wrong and the conscience comes okay so leave that there now your turn you can't go back and change what happened but you can go back and change what's manifesting your heart right now so what do you believe and what are you speaking so you turn thank you lord for your grace thank you that you Imagine the trauma that Jesus went through. Thank you for what you went through for me. Thank you that that was to restore me, to give me life. to give. Me. So, yes, it may take time for the thing to manifest. But there's some certain things, that we changes that we need to make now and be consistent about it. Okay? So, the word is what's going to bless you. The word is what's going to bring you life. The word is what's going to bring the change of the whole body, spirit's whole body. Okay? So... We need to get the word in. So if we see we're stuck in a circle or stuck in a certain thought or stuck in a certain habit or stuck in, stuck in a certain thing, 
do something about it. Don't look for the reason why you are <clears throat> stuck there and then blame something for it. It's not, it's not going to help you to find something to blame, but it's going to help you to get your mind out of it and get your mind on the word and who you are in Christ and what he has done for you and who Jesus is towards you. That the fact that you are completely forgiven, that you are constantly washed by the blood of Jesus, that you are dwelling in the light, that you're born again. Okay, so your heart, your mind need to meditate on that. And when your heart believes that, you need to speak it. And it changes what you experience. It changes your reality. Okay, so Matthew chapter 6. Um, it's, a, it's a financial scripture, but it fits exactly into this thing. Okay, firstly, it says, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is sound, the entire body will be full of light. So if something else is distracting your eye, get your eye back on the light. Get your eye back on the word, which is life and light, and the whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unsound, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the very light in you, your conscience is darkened, how dense is that dark, darkness? Then it says, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one or love the other, he will stand by one or be devoted to and despise another. So you can see, you can even read it into these two worlds, these two contradicting ideas and thoughts and worlds. But also now he starts to specifically speak about mammon, he starts to specifically speak about finances. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, worried about your life. Okay, so have, have you been worried? I have been, you have been, everyone has been anxious, and everyone's been worried about one thing or another. Did it help? No, but we do it anyway. So now, this is a scripture that directly, directly tells you to stop. Stop worrying. Stop being anxious. Okay? Oh, yeah, it's easy for you to say stop being anxious. It's easy to say, so why don't you just say it? If it's easy to say, why don't you just say it? It says in Deuteronomy 30, this commandment that I give you this day is not too difficult for you. What's the commandment? Where is near you? You need to speak it on your lips. Okay? So if it's so easy to say, let's just say it. All right. Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious about your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into bonds, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? Yeah. If God feeds the birds of the air, okay, so he created all of them by his word. Will he not much more clothe you that he created with his own hands? Okay? And that he breathed his life into. And that he came to dwell into and filled you with his own spirit, with his own word. So that you can speak the creative power out of him. If he can do that to creation that he set underneath your feet, that he set under your control. He feeds them. How much more will he feed you, the crown of his creation, that he has placed in authority over his creation? All right. And who of you by worrying or being anxious can add one unit of measure to his stature or to the span of his life? Why, do you sh why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spurn. 
Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in his magnificence, excellence, dignity, and grace, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and green, and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry and be anxious, saying, so worry in your heart, fearful thought, what's happening, everything that's happening. Oh, there's not enough money in the bank account. Oh, they're going to take a house. Oh, they're going to take a car. Oh, they're going to, no, 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 no. they're going to break into a house. Oh, the sickness is going to get me. Oh, no, 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 no. If you're going to be anxious and worried, it's fear. The whole of every broken thing that is in the five senses realm ruling over you through fear. Like we've been saying this whole week. Okay? Why should you be anxious? He says, uh, where are we? Do not worry and be anxious. It will cause you to say. What are we going to have to eat? What are we going to have to drink? What are we going to have to wear? The Gentiles wish for, crave, diligently seek all these things. So they do it by worry. Okay? And your heavenly father knows well that you need them all. So all the stuff that you worry about, you're going to get it here. Just turn to your Heavenly Father. So you, the meditation of your heart, the conversation of your heart, Tuesday's message, turns to the Father. And now your fellowship is with the Father, with the indwelling Spirit, with the Word of God, meditating on it, which, is, which causes you to speak, which causes the stuff to be added. Okay? So he says, don't... Uh, I, years ago I heard this message of Prophet Quibus and he spoke about the scripture he said in, he looked at different trans translations and the interlinear and all that he said this, it really says do not take a thought so a thought can come but don't take it okay don't take a thought that will cause you to worry and then cause you to say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to... Speaking of the stuff. Yes, you can acknowledge it. You can say, okay, this is our reality. We see this thing. Now we turn to Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that uh, the provision is there. We thank you, Lord, that the healing is there. Thank you, Lord, for the healing. Thank you, Lord, whatever you need. And then... You have a blank check. What is good is in God. Anything that is good, you can, you can find it here. It's yours. It's your inheritance. You can receive it freely by grace. So whatever you need, if it's a good thing, it's yours. So you just turn to Father, this is what we need. You said we can receive whatever we ask. So we ask for this thing. We thank you, Father. We receive it from you now. Wow, thank you, Lord. Then you meditate on that stuff, man. And you see how it comes to you. And you, mm, you think about it and you feel what it feels like, you know, to you know, sit in that whatever it is you like, the peak Land Cruiser VXR, you know, or that, <laughs> whatever, you know, or the Maserati, or whatever it is, God, that you, or you see yourself walking in that house, okay? But you just prayed for, just maybe, that you can maybe just pay the rent of the place that you're staying. 
But you, man, your heart, your mind, oh, man, God said I can ask anything. I'm walking in this big house that God said I can have, meditating on that, rather than thinking, oh, they're going to take our house. So what's going to then manifest over time? What's going to manifest, whatever you meditate on and speak about, is what's going to manifest over time. So we need to get our hearts and minds in check with the word. Colossians 3 verse 1, if then you are raised with Christ, think on the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated. The treasure is the word. We saw it in Psalm 19 and uh, Psalm 119. The word is a treasure. Okay? So meditate on it. The rich eternal treasures that are above. Think on it. Think on it. Think on it. And that will cause you to say something. If a situation comes, keep yourself accountable to the word and say, say the word. Okay? Say the word. Believe the word and then say the word. Okay? That's faith. That's the spirit of faith. Okay. So I want to read Mark chapter 11 and then I'm going to end in 2 Corinthians 4. Okay. So Mark chapter 11. Okay. So remember Jesus cursed the fig tree. And when they came back, they saw that it, that it withered. Okay, verse 22. And Jesus said, replying, said to them, have faith in God. What a revelation. Have faith in God. Okay. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart. So where does doubt function? It's in the heart. So what is doubt? Doubt is a second thought. Doubt is a double thought. The doubt is a thought that is in opposition to the thought that you had because you had the word in your heart. So you doubt the word. It's something that you see in the natural realm that's against the stuff that you saw in the spirit and in the word. And now it causes you to say. It causes you to think. So if you say to this mountain and you don't doubt, but in other words, your attention is not with the not. Your attention is with the yes and amen. Okay. It will be done for him. It says, verse 24, For this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you, and you will get it. And wherever you, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Yeah. If someone did something against you, oh, they robbed me at gunpoint, or did worse, Okay, there's a lot of things that you can fill in those blanks. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. It's not to get that person to, to let him off the hook. You just give it over in the hands of Jesus. He's just, he will sort it out. You will, not, you, will, you will never be able to get restitution from that person anyway. But you can get restitution from Jesus. So forgive. You're not the judge. Forgive. Let the, let the judge sort it out. Let Jesus sort it out. And now you turn to him with all your attention, with everything in you, and you receive from him the restitution, much more than anyone that did wrong to you could ever do to you. All right? So you forgive. Yes, for their sake, but not only for their sake, mostly for your own sake. You forgive. Jason Upton says, um, there was there's a song, and he spoke about forgiveness in his little boy, you know, 
he, he picked up an offense in sympathy to, <laughs> to his little boy, you know, little, one of other playmate did something to his little boy. And, but the next day, he was still thinking about it, but his boy was already, again, best friends with that, with that other boy again. They just get over it so quickly. He says, they just have this capacity to forgive, but we just keep on getting offended and thinking about it. And Hey, you need to let it go. You need to let it go. He, and then he's made the statement. He says, you, you for, I don't forgive for, okay, for this or that reason. can't remember what he said, but I forgive so I can see again. So when I forgive, he says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. And let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. We know that that is turned around. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Also Ephesians says it. We now forgive as he has forgiven us. So after the cross, after the sacrifice, that thing turned around. Okay. But we need to forgive. It's for our benefit. If you don't forgive, you keep a grudge, then you make yourself the judge of that person. And your attention is with the wrong covenant. We need to forgive people, receive his mercy, receive his grace. It's not about getting restitution. It's about mercy. The mer mercy is the currency of the kingdom of God. So if you want to be restored, if you want something to change, something to happen, then the thing that you look at, the thing that you believe needs to change, and the, the, so the meditation of your heart, but the words of your mouth out of that needs to change. And whatever was wrong, God will hundredfold restore it back to you. Okay? So uh, when we forgive people, let's put all of the stuff that people did to you. Just on the tab of the cross. As Jesus died for me and all my mess. He died for that person and all his mess. Okay? So, Lord Jesus, pray that you sort that person out. Amen. Forgive him. So, Lord, now, I pray that you restore me as if you were the one that did me wrong. That's God's justice. Okay? He gets forgiven and saved. I get restored more than I ever would. Right? God wants all to be saved. He wants no one to be lost. Okay, but the point here in Mark chapter 11 is we need to, uh, when we ask something, he says, if you say to this mountain, and do not doubt in your heart, you will have what you say. Okay? And then he says, believe, when you pray, believe that it is granted. So before you even pray, it's granted, it's given. So you ask so that you can receive, but it, because it works through words. Okay? So you ask, Lord, I thank you. You said I could have anything I asked, so I ask. So now I'm going to have it. <laughs> Why do we have to ask? Because God said so. So we just do it. It works by words. So ask, Lord, uh, I need, mm, for instance, I need 100,000 rand before tomorrow to do this, 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 this. Okay. So thank you, Lord. I've asked. Amen. Now I can receive. Now I have to believe that it is granted. Is it granted? Yes, he said whatever. So whatever is whatever. And now I believe it. And now I start speaking it. Oh, God said he's going to give me 100,000 rand before tomorrow. Okay? So you're going to start saying and thinking and meditating according to God's word. 
I like what Didier Toussaint said the other day. He said, uh, you need to dream big. If you dream big, you will start thinking in the same way God's, God's thinking. You need to dream big. All right. So I promised we're going to end with 2 Corinthians 4. So let's go for it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, hmm, let me just get it. It's a bit earlier. Aha, there it is. Verse 13. Okay, just listen to this. Yet we have the same spirit of faith. Not the spirit of the world that put you once more into bondage. The spirit of sonship. The spirit of faith. The spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Not the spirit of fear. Okay? We have the same spirit of faith. As he had who wrote, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. The question is, what do you believe? If you're going to believe the word of God and speak the word of God, God is faithful to his word. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5 verse 23, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, He who promised is faithful to his word and he will do it. So, what do you believe? Okay, so take the word. If there's a promise in it, use it. Believe it. Ask God whatever you want. What is it? Believe that you receive it. Believe it is granted. Start speaking it. You will have it. All right. So I hope this message has blessed you. Uh, I want to just equip you with some tools to get your mind and your mouth just in the right direction so that you can start seeing results. You're not forever a victim of circumstances for the rest of your life. Okay? You have the power within you. We need to, by faith, speak it. And we will see the results. All right. So bless you guys. Let me just see. There's a lot of people commenting. Hello, Rob. It's good to see you there. And Eric from, from Worcester. Bless you. And Afzal Masi. I think you're from Pakistan. Bless you, man. And uh, uh, Dini. Good to see you there from Donna Bay. Santi. Just around the corner here in Pretoria. And uh, Martinette from Poch. And Ishmael also here in Pretoria. Uh, there's Janine. She's just like just over the highway here. Hello, Janine. Bless you. And hey, Jake. It's good to see you, man. And uh, uh, who else is here? That's everyone. Bless you guys. Thank you for watching. May you just have an awesome day. And uh, the power is within you so that you can speak it, so that you can see the results. All right. Sunday morning, 9.30 is the live, live uh, service. Uh, if you can make it, drive through, come. It's going to be great. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you online. Be blessed. Have an awesome day.